Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. God is good. He's faithful. I just want to put the, our theme verse on the, on the screen here. Isaiah 43, 19 is the theme verse for our next level, 2019. It says this. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive it? It said, can you feel it? Can you see it? We need to begin to see where God is taking us, right? I'm making a new way. This is what God is saying. I'm making a new way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And sometimes it's our heart that's a wasteland. Sometimes it's our community that's a wasteland. But God is saying, I'm going to do something new. And I'm going to let something new flow. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our communities. Joshua chapter 5. Verse 13 and 15 is really what we're going to be talking about today. Joshua chapter 5, 13 through 15, and it, it says this. It says, now when Joshua was near, was near Jericho, it's a city, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have, come, I have now come. He goes on to say, Then Joshua fell face down in the ground, to the ground in reverence, and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Praise God. Let, let's just take a moment and give thanks for God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you, God, because it speaks to us, Lord. It pierces our heart, God. It brings clarity to us, Lord. It encourages us, Lord, and, and Lord, it increases our faith. And so we thank you, Lord, for doing that in advance today, God. I pray, Lord, you would speak to every heart in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, the theme of this or the title of this message is... Um, Time with God, time with God, and, and um, for many of us, and I would say even from my own life, most of my time with God personally was just here when I came to church, and not necessarily this church, but that was the time I spent with God uh, through the week was coming to church, maybe one time during the week I might have a short conversation with God throughout the week in my, my walk with Him because it really wasn't, God wasn't that priority in my life that He needs to be, um, and, and so I say it personally that many times in our walk and even if we've been serving the Lord for a long time we're not spending time with him right? we're, we're distracted by so many things and it's part of the beauty of this fast and this time of prayer is that it, it, it kind of reminds us every time I get hungry I'm, I'm reminded that I'm, I'm, I'm of him right I'm reminded of him and who he is and what he wants to do in my life and, and one thing that we do not cherish as people as human beings is, is, is time and so if you stop for a second and you think, start thinking about the greatest resources or one of the greatest resources that God's given you, that resource is time. Time. And as you get a little older like me, you know, I just turned, you know, 20, 20 actually 23 times two, right? Um, so I'm 46, so you start to think a little bit different as you get a little bit older and you start seeing time go so fast, you know? My son was here in, in uh, December and he's saying, and he's like, Mom, Pop, you know, um, I could graduate from college in December, next December. And I said, man, we just dropped you off at school. You know, we just dropped you off and took, you know, your, 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 your stuff to your dorm room, yet time goes so fast, right? 
Um, and so time is one of the most precious resources that we have and really stopping to say, how am I using my time? How am I using this resource that God's given me? Um, this is a, a quote by Harvey McKay. He says this. He says, time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it. You can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. But once you've lost it, you can never get it back. You can Once time goes, it's it. You can't get it back. You can't go buy it back. And, uh, you know, especially people who maybe be, who are very wealthy, that, or even whether you're wealthy or not, but towards the end of people's lives, there's 60, 70, people interview people who are, you know, 70, 80 years old, and they start thinking, man, I wish I had more time. And you start to go back and say, man, there's some time wasted. And I know we got some younger folks in the house, and I would just say, time, even though you may not realize it, time is one of the most precious resources that God has given you and given me. Um, and as, as we consider the next level that God has for us, we have to consider our time. We have to consider what are we doing with our time? Because God, he requires your time. He requires my time. And next level people begin to prioritize God in their daily schedule. Where God becomes a priority, right? He's not a sidebar. It's not if I got to talk to God, but he begins. He wants and, and he desires and he he, he requires, in order for us to get to the next level, I say this all the time, you can give your life to Jesus, and you can kind of keep doing your thing and, and, and coming to church here and there, but you're not going to get to the next level, right? You're not going to get to that level God wants to take you unless you start to begin, unless you begin to give him the time that he requires. It's not the time that's left over, right? It's like tithing. Tithing isn't about what you, or giving to God, it's not about giving what was left over, it's about the first fruit. And when you begin to walk in that, it becomes a requirement in your life where all of a sudden the time belongs to him. This is God's time. And this is next level thinking. Hallelujah. So don't feel bad if you haven't been praying. Don't feel bad. Understand that this is a, a God saying, hey, I, I want and I require more time from you. I gave you life not so you would just spend it all, but so that you would spend some of it with me. And it is that time that he's, uh, he's wanting from us. And in this in this passage that we just read in, about Joshua, we see that Moses was dead. Moses had led the, the Israelites out of Egypt. They had been in captivity. Uh, if you don't know the story, it was God's people. It's the Israelites. They were in captivity uh, for 400 years. God sends Moses. He raises them up. He's born. And, and at the age of 40, he, he, um, he tries to go and, and save them on, on his own with his own plan, right? Uh, and, and it doesn't work out. He ends up murdering someone, and, and he leaves fleeing as a fugitive into the wilderness, and he's there for 40 years. After being there for 40 years in the wilderness, God calls him back, and he revives his dream, his shattered dream. God revives it. He sends him back to Egypt. Moses goes back to Egypt, and he, powerful, some of the most powerful miracles in the Bible happened during this time when Moses goes back to Egypt, and the people are freed. After 400 years of captivity, we find Moses taking the people across the, the Red Sea, and there's all these miracles that happen, but they end up wandering. A trip that should have taken them a few weeks to get to the promised land takes them 40 years, right? 40 years to get to the promised land. Right before they get into the promised land, Moses had done some things that, that didn't please God, so God said, Moses, you brought the people this far, you've been amazing, but you're not going into the promised land. And so Moses is, 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 is dies, right? He dies, and, and God entrusts Joshua. 
And, and we're going to talk about Joshua today. So Joshua becomes a leader. He's a warrior. Joshua is a general. Joshua is a smart guy. He's a strong guy. He's a courageous guy. He has a lot of experience, and he's the right man for the job. Uh, he had all these great qualities. Uh, but one thing about Joshua, even though he had all these great things, he understood that he needed to spend time with God. He needed some alone time with God. And I'm saying this because I need alone time with God. You need some alone time with God, right? Look at the person next to you and say, I need some time alone with God. Oh, y'all said like y'all didn't mean Now, now say, say this. Look at the person, the same person and say, you need some time alone with God. Yeah, y'all sounded more enthusiastic when you were telling somebody else. Praise God. And we all do. We need time with God. This is just a little wake-up call. Like, what am I doing with my time? You know, because time just flies. And, and for me, uh, you know, as a pastor, you know, this is Sunday, and, and I, I feel relaxed after I after the Sunday service, and all of a sudden it's Sunday again. And it just comes really quickly. Uh, but what does this time with God do for you? This is what time with God does. It turns up the volume of the Holy Spirit. That time alone with God, you begin to hear God. Time alone with God doesn't mean that you're talking the whole time, right? Just alone time. You're meditating. Um, for some people, it's taking a walk, right? And, and I love to take a walk with my wife. You know, sometimes I walk a little faster than her, right? But there's moments when I need to go alone and be with the Lord, right? And there's times when my wife needs to be alone. Um, I know she always wants to be with me. <laughs> the truth shall set you free. But that's what the time with God does. It increases the volume with the Holy Spirit. You begin to hear Him. Um, it increases your spiritual strength. It, it begins to build your faith. I know there's been moments, man, when everything seems to be going wrong, when it feels like everybody's against me, when I feel all alone, when I'm being isolated, and I take some time alone with God, and He, he reminds me that it's not so bad. He reminds me that this too shall pass, right? He gives me the assurance, hey, I'm with you, right? Because there's some moments when we feel alone. But this time with God, it empowers us. It, it weakens the demonic forces that Satan has sent against you and sent against your home. We may not want to talk about that stuff, but let me tell you, there is a, we are living in a battle. There is a constant war that we are living in. And when we decide and we make a decision to follow Jesus, the devil is not going to sit back quietly, right? He's going to come and he's going to send demonic forces. And this is not to scare nobody because we have the authority over those demonic forces, right? But we need to have some time with God, right? Where that authority begins to, to build. Praise God. And we start to get the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to flow through us. That discernment that we need so much that I'm praying for for us as a church. That we would have discernment, right? That, that God would give us a word for somebody um, that would come from him and not from our emotions. How many give God glory for that? The, the passage I just read is chapter 5 of, of the book of Joshua. If you read the book of Joshua, it's powerful, but chapter 5 is what we're talking about right here. Let's just put that verse back up for a second, because I want to... Joshua, Joshua, they're getting near Jericho. Jericho was a powerful city, uh, probably the most powerful city strongest city in that region and, and they're getting to Joshua they, I mean to Jericho they cross the, the Jordan River and they're preparing 
And, and, and that's chapter 1 and 2 when they, when they crossed the Jordan. And well, we're in chapter 5 now. And I'm believing this. That chapter 1 and 2, they had crossed the Jordan. And, and, and God is giving them the vision of what they're going to do. Giving them direction, right? And in, in chapter 2, if I'm not mistaken, Joshua sent some spies into Jericho. Because he knows God. He said, we got to conquer that city. And he knows God's calling him to conquer that city. God didn't say, go take the little weak city. He said, go take the big one, right? And so he sends some spies into it because this is a smart guy. He's a general. He's, he's thinking strategy, uh, tactics. Uh, he, he's a warrior. So he sends these spies in there uh, in chapter 2. I'm believing that Jericho's forming this plan. He's like, we got to get in that city. I got to know what's in there. I got to know what's happening. So he sends these individuals in there. And there's this great story about what happens to those spies. And we're not going to get into that. But what we want to talk about is that here's Joshua looking at that city. This is not no little city. The Bible says there's a, a picture of what it, what it looks like, what it looked like. Um, that the walls, the Bible says, were, or, or archaeologists have gone and seen it. There's pictures of it. You can actually go see Jericho. It's in Syria. The, the walls were six feet thick of these walls. They were six feet thick, and they were approximately between 14 and 17 feet high, the walls. And not only, if you go to the next picture, you'll see that um, it was on top of a hill. So it wasn't that the walls were, they, they actually looked bigger. They looked taller because you were looking up at the, at the city at that time. Um, so you, you're not talking about a little weak city. You're talking about a stronghold. Uh, it was a time when the harvest had just happened, so they had plenty of supplies in there, and they were ready. They were ready, and, and they already knew that the Israelites were coming. Uh, when, when the spies went in there, they were already trying to go after the spies. And so here's Joshua trying to come up with this plan, and I'm sure he had a great plan. But in the midst of him planning, this happens. Go back to the scripture. He's alone with God. He's taking time alone with God. And all of a sudden, that he's alone, he looks up, and he sees a man standing there. Right? He sees a man standing there. Go back to the next one. And this man has a sword. And, and I can see Joshua getting a little nervous, like, yo, this is this. And I'm sure this man didn't look weak, right? Because Joshua asked him quickly, who are you for us or are you, for, or are you against us? And the man, the man says, neither. But I stand here as the commander of the army of the Lord, right? All of a sudden, I'm sure this man, he spoke with authority. Most theologians think that that was Christ incarnated there. That it was the, the very uh, presence of God in, in, in human form there talking to Joshua. And Joshua, he understands that there's an authority bigger than him in the, in the, in the room, right? And there comes times when we are alone with God where we have to recognize that there's an authority bigger than us, right? In our room, in our quiet place, whether we're walking in the park, whether we're in the shower, whether we're driving our car, we have to come to a place where we acknowledge that there's an authority, right? That just entered the room that is bigger than me. And that's powerful because Joshua understood that. He recognized it. It's a powerful thing. And, and, and he's talking. Go to the next verse, please. He, he's there and, and he's having this conversation. And the Bible says that he fell because he recognized. Hey, there's something bigger than me. And he humbled himself. He fell face down. I'm believing that the presence of God was so strong that he had no choice. It's a beautiful thing to be in the presence of God when you have no other choice than to fall face down in reverence to our creator, right? What a privilege that is to be able to do that. And so he, 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 falls, to the, he falls to the ground. He says, what is the message that you have? 
And it says that the commander of the Lord's army, and in some versions it says the captain of God's army, I think the King James says the captain, he says this, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy. The Bible says that he did so. He took off his sandals and there they had a conversation and he gave them the, the strategy on how they were going to take Jericho. And how, how wonderful is it, it is when, when God gives us a strategy on how to face a situation, right? Unfortunately, a lot of times we don't take the strategy because we're not spending time alone with God. So we find ourselves facing a Jericho many times, right? There's a Jericho that we face. And it could be a marital situation, it could be a financial situation, but it's a Jericho, and that thing is a stronghold. And you look at it, you say, there's no way I'm going to get past this thing. So you start to devising all these plans and how to do it. When God says, if you would spend a little bit of alone time with me, I'll tell you how to face your Jericho, right? Yes. But it takes that time alone with him. You may have the most amazing plan that maybe no one else can pick up or, or come up with. You, you, you have the best plan in your own mind, right? But I'm here to tell you that God's plan, no matter how great your plan, God's plan is better. Amen. So many sleepless nights, but we're trying to figure some stuff out right for ourselves. When the Holy Spirit says, if you would have just spent a little alone time with me, I would have given you peace for it, right? I would have given you the peace you need. That you're not so scattered, that you're not so desperate, that you're not so anxious. But it's that alone time that we see the, 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 the um, example that Joshua gives us. So Joshua made a great decision. He spent time alone with God. That was the first thing he did. The second thing was he humbled himself before God, right? Threw himself on the ground. He humbled himself. And the third thing was he obeyed what the commander would tell him. He obeyed what the commander would tell him. So what is this time of God uh, the time with God will do this for you. It will determine the size of your victory. Time with God determines the size of your victory. In fact, time with God will guarantee you victory. That's what time with God does. Victory doesn't always look the way this world says it's supposed to look, right? But I would guarantee you that time with God will determine you, your victory because we do not, we serve a God who has not lost one battle, right? He is victorious. He will always be victorious. And I am his son. You are his son and daughter. And you have, you can lay claim and possession and dominion over that victory that God has given us. Yes. Time alone with God, it'll take away the stress and anxiety that we carry so much. And it'll bring his peace. Yes. Time with God, it'll limit, it'll take the limits off of God and allow him to do the impossible. Time alone with God will increase your self-discipline. You'll want to do things that are very hard to do, and it will help you. Even for this fast, some of us are it's self-discipline that, that, that the fasting is doing for us, right? Self-discipline, that when you see that candy bar, you just say, I don't, I don't even want it no more. Lord have mercy. Praise him. <laughs> Time alone with God, it takes you and I to the next level that he has for us. And time alone with God, it ultimately gives you the godly victory that he has for you. So I'm believing, man, that, that Joshua had this great plan. And all of a sudden he meets this godly person who says, no, no, you're not, we're not doing it that way. We're not doing it that way. In fact, I got this plan and you're going to do this, 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 this. And I'm sure Joshua was like, I don't know about that plan. 
Because sometimes God wants to do, to do some stuff that doesn't sound logical, right? You feel the Holy Spirit saying, you need to go ask forgiveness to that person. And you say, oh, that doesn't sound like God's plan, right? That doesn't sound like, I, I, that's not what I was planning. That person needs to come and ask forgiveness for me. But God says, no, no, the, the next level is you. And sometimes we get stuck because we say, no, no, it's them, right? God, God, you got it, you got it. Confused, you're confused. And we're trying to put God, right, in the place. We're trying to align God with our plan, right? Instead of aligning ourselves with his plan. And I can see Joshua getting this plan and saying, wow, this sounds kind of crazy. Sounds kind of crazy, crazy plan. And real quick, I just need like five, five people, five, five men or young men to just run up here real quick. Just five or six or whatever comes up. Oh, it's men, it's men. Somebody said women, no, no, this is men. No offense to the women, but the story, I'm going with the story. This is biblical. So I'm thinking that Joshua, you know, he had several thousand, hundred thousand men to, to go fight. But this is what the, what the, what the commander of the, of the armies of the Lord said. He said, you know what? You're going to take the men. You guys are going to go around that city six days, one time. The priests are going to be with you, and they're going to be trumpets sounding, but no one is going to say nothing. And so the first day, go ahead, walk around that table. We're going to act like that's Jericho. So day one, they walked around, right? Just one time, and then they stopped. That's day one. And during that, the, the, the priests were there with the ark. And then day two, they did it again, but they didn't say a word. That's day two. The Bible says day three, they did the same thing. And I'm thinking the people in Jericho were looking at it, these people are crazy. They're just walking around like. Day four, they did the same thing. And I believe what was happening was, man, the Holy Spirit started to tremble. The Holy Spirit got excited. He said, yo, they're doing exactly what I told them to do. We did day four, right? Okay. So then day five, they did the same thing. Yes, Lord. Day five. And the Bible says they weren't supposed to say a word. They weren't supposed to. And I'm thinking the people from Jericho were looking at it like, what is going on? They had heard some stories about the Israelites, so maybe they were getting a little nervous, but they said, man, our walls are six feet thick. Yeah. And they can keep walking around all they want. Nothing else is going to happen. Day six, they do it again. Walked around very quietly. So this plan doesn't look logical. It doesn't look like they're having any effect, right? But on day seven, the commander of the Lord's army said this, today, you're not going to walk around one time, you're going to walk around seven times. Bro. So you're going to walk around here seven times, but on the seventh time, you're going to shout like you never shouted before. Hallelujah. But the plan happened because Joshua spent some alone time with God, right? So we're going to walk around seven times. Let's count it. That's one. Go ahead, that's two, right? Okay, two. No, when, I, when, he, when Johnny gets to the back, it's three. All right. All right, three. And they're walking around, and I'm thinking the people from Jericho are like, no, they didn't do it once. They didn't keep walking around. Five. 
glory to Jesus. Six. And I'm the seventh one. The commander said, you're going to yell like you never yelled before. You're going to shout. Seven. share some things, but there's something that only he can tell you, right? There's only something, there's some things that only he can reveal to your life. And I'll tell you, there's a commander of the armies of the Lord, his name is Jesus. He wants to reveal that thing to you. More than anything, he wants to reveal that thing to your life, right? Not so that we can be happy, not so that we can get things right. He wants to do it so that you can be effective in his army, right? She can stand up boldly, right? Even when things go to hell, right? And we're going to stand boldly. Because he told me that he told me that he told me. And so I'll stand here and I'll stand here and I will stand here in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe. And as I spend some time alone with him, my faith is going to be encouraged and increased in the name of Jesus. Church, can we stand today? Yes, God. Yes, God. We serve an awesome God who has you here today to encourage you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. More than anything, he wants to speak to the deepest parts of your heart. He's faithful and he's good. You're never alone. Even when you isolate yourself. Even when you are, when everybody abandons you and, and you've abandoned everyone because we do it as well. He's there waiting for some alone time with you so he can begin to transform your heart to the impossible. He's created you to do the impossible through your life. Take us higher, to take us farther than this world says we deserve, right? Doesn't matter what someone said about us. The only thing that matters is what he said. He says, you are a son, you are a daughter. I am for you. I've never been against you. I just need some time. I just need some time. So we can just close our eyes today. I want to pray for you. I know the Holy Spirit is here. I know he's spoken to many of you because he's spoken to me. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, God. We thank you, God, because, Lord, it, 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 Lord, it, it reaches the uttermost, deepest part of our hearts, God. We thank you for your word today, Lord, that we would, Lord, cherish time with you, God. You are faithful in God. Maybe your first time here, I'll say that, that, that Jesus wants to reveal his plan for your life. 
to your heart today. If you don't know Jesus, you have the opportunity to, to meet him today. If you want to meet him today, I'm going to count to three. You just raise your hand. One, two, three. Just raise your hand if you want to meet Jesus. You want to be the commander in your life. together. Jesus, I need you like never before. I'm tired of doing things my way. My plan doesn't seem to work. I trust that yours will come into my heart, my life. I surrender to you. Forgive me. For all the things that I've done to hurt you and others. Receive me today in your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.